Believe it or not, there's a fifth Home Alone movie, and you probably didn't know this one existed. The main kid gets help from a gamer on Xbox Live. But at least they're not pretending it's Kevin McAllister anymore. Welcome everyone to Collector's Cut. I am Peter, and joining me as always is David. I'd rather die. This is a movie podcast. We are working through the Home Alone franchise. Yes, all of them for Christmas mm -hmm. this year. We have done the first four. Four in particular was a turbulent time in our lives. And we're here to hope for better with number five, which is Home Alone Holiday Heist, which is a TV movie from 2012, which basically makes it brand new in my eyes yeah. because that still feels new to me but any anything that happened post 2010 2011 brand new it's a baby it yeah it just feels new uh yep. that said though there are things in this that also date it as well mm -hmm. which is just this weird i'm in this weird like space where it feels brand new but he's playing an xbox 360 that feels forever <laughs> ago how do I? Yeah. My mind can't process this, but it looks like a modern TV episode with how it looks because it was made in 2012. That's very weird. Um, so obviously this is not the newest one. We have one more to go after this, which is Home Sweet Home Alone. But uh, I had no idea what to expect getting into this. I had no idea who was in it. Uh, there was a couple mm -hmm. of recognizable faces here. Yep. Uh, we have Malcolm McDowell as the head crook. You know what's weird to me about Malcolm McDowell? I associate him as being in good things, but when I actually look at his filmography... No, no, no. Clawback Orange, and then yeah. lots of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I realize that looking back on it. Just in my head, I associate him as actually a respectable actor. Right. This is just a couple of years after the second Rob Zombie Halloween. Like, mm. to me, like, young Malcolm McDowell and Clawback Orange, and... Malcolm McDowell, who I've seen in everything else, which is old man Malcolm McDowell, all of that is bad. And I associate it with the horrible Halloween remakes. That's that, fair. That's that's who I associate him with. Uh, yeah. Also, one of the other Crixus 3 is a crab man from My Name is Earl. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate him being an actor. I didn't like his character at all, but he was okay. Hmm, yeah. Uh... That's about it, though, for known people. I mean, at least for, as far as I recognize it anyway. I don't know. No one, no, well, yeah. Actually, I tell a lie. Uh, the main kid, his sister, looked kind yeah. of familiar. I think I recognize her from the Silent Hill movie. She was even younger in that. She was oh, like, God. She was like, I don't know, probably the the, the, the boy's age. Uh, um, that. I'm not seeing the Silent Hill movie. She was uh the young zombie girl in Cabin in the Woods, and how you would definitely know her is she was Bree Tanner in Twilight Saga Eclipse. I know that's one of your favorites. Oh, there's Silent Hill. I see her. Yep. Got it. Okay. Uh, after all that, I was just right. This just all that build up. I just wanted to be able to throw out the Eclipse one because I made you watch that. I didn't remember. I actually, I can't really remember from Cabin in the Woods. Oh, I'm, but... I'm, she was the zombie like girl. Like the okay. young girl that of the zombie family. All right. Okay. Oh, okay. I'll so. remember. Okay. 
yeah yeah i love that movie but that's obviously not she's not got a speaking role so it's not (laughs) harder to sort of place in my in my memory somewhere Mm -hmm. in my memory so oh if only (sighs) yes uh so i think what stuck out to me about this one is that they they have like a little bit of the john williams theme at the start and then they kind of abandon it but they do kind of their own knock. It's, it's like someone's doing the knockoff version of the Home Alone score, where they're, mm. they, they, it's almost doing the themes for certain moments that you associate with the original movie. It, you know, it's almost the little theme is like Marv's trying to break in, but now it's someone else trying to break in. Yeah. And it sounds like it's just about to hit those notes, but it has to be legally distinct so it can, which is silly but, because I'm sure they can use the yeah, original music. exactly. That's but, the problem. Like, why are we messing with something if we have the rights to it? I don't understand why they just don't go ahead and say, oh, yeah, we've licensed the Home Alone name. We've licensed the Home Alone concept. You would think that would come along with also the score. You would think that, um, but they didn't want to use it for whatever reason. Yeah. They wanted to do other things. They wanted to have forgettable music instead. It's a bold choice, but we'll see how, see how it, it works out, out for him, yeah yeah that's very good so yeah the premise of this one is that the family who are the baxters so they're not mm-hmm. the the McAllisters, which is nice they uh, learned from last time but the baxters are moving from california to maine so for the first time in the franchise we're not in chicago <laughs> mm-hmm. for for the, the plot and a big part of this one is that i keep almost saying kevin uh, finn's his name Finn, the kid, he thinks the house is haunted and is scared of it being haunted. <laughs> and that's a, a big part of it. Look, yep. as we get into our general feelings here, mm-hmm. I will say, if nothing else, it is better than four. Yes, I will agree better than four. It, but that's like it's a low bar. not saying anything. <laughs> it's a low bar. I think what was interesting is that this kid felt different to the last kid and that he is a little bit better. He's not great or good, mm. but he's better. But they kind of do the opposite thing with this kid where he feels like he's a little older playing younger as opposed to yes. the last kid who Thank felt you. super young for what he was supposed to be. This kid feels like you look like you're supposed to be like sneaking a look at a porn website by this age, not yeah. acting scared of noises in the house. But you know. what's even what's even worse though, I think, is that the movie explicitly puts him at the age of ten, and he maybe looks like he could be pushing, you know, eleven, twelve years old. That's fine. I, I can accept that. It's just the way that he acts the entire time. He's like maybe seven in personality. Yeah, yeah, he's acting inappropriate for his age. Yeah. Uh, but don't worry, this is a modern Home Alone movie. It makes use of modern ideas, the modern world. I cannot tell you how excited I was that playing online video games was going to be such a big part of the plot of this movie. We'll get into that. It's a whole is that thing. sarcasm? I, is, are, you, are you being sarcastic <laughs> with me here? There may be a hint of sarcasm, I'm not going to lie. I, the moment. The moment that, like, the father character came in and saw his, like, kid playing on video games, and he's like, oh, what you doing, son? And he says, like, oh, I'm playing with my friend online. He's like, friend? 
have you ever met this person in real life? I immediately, like a part of my brain just switched off and said, nope, you don't get my full attention anymore. You've lost it. You don't even bother anymore. This is 2012, not 2002. I feel yeah. like this, this attitude is very dated for this this year. In the, in the age where MySpace has already come and gone, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is the year Avengers and Dark Knight Rises came out. Yeah. This is... I mean, ten, over 10 years old now, but still, that's... Social media, knowing people online, is a thing that has just existed for over 10 years. They should not be like, oh, no, you need to be talking to real people. I, sorry, that part just... And because it just keeps coming up, it frustrated uh, me so much. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a running thing in the movie. Uh, and they go back to him playing video games a lot. He's holding an Xbox 360 controller, which was which was oddly dated in the movie because I'm like, damn, that's like two generations ago now. Yeah. It, it's very close to the, ne- the next generation because that started in 2013, but it's just weird. Although, mm-hmm. I did also notice that you never actually see an Xbox 360 in his room. You see him holding the controller oh, a yeah. lot, but you never see the console. Yeah, no, I guarantee you that if they ever showed like the front of the controller, it would have like some weird like t logo instead of an x just to be completely legally uh, I never, distinct i never noticed the x but you could clearly mm. see the face buttons at one point you could oh, see yeah. the the colors and you could see what it was yeah and it, this isn't really a spoiler but you know he gets a video game for christmas like towards mm-hmm. the end and it's a regular dvd case with this really lazy photoshop like fake video game oh yeah i at the very end, I love how he specifically says, like, oh, boy, the expansion with extra levels and more multiplayer. I'm like, what the hell is more multiplayer, kid? <laughs> what does that even mean? Yeah, whoever wrote this dialogue had never played a video game in their life. And <sighs> the end My turn, favorite... they got to do the Photoshop. Uh, I, you know, like, Oh, on. yeah, no. My favorite is that I... I... I can almost imagine it being a kid who's trying to just lie to their parents. But at one point, the parent comes in and says, shut it off. And he says, no, 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 one more level. And then he goes on to say how he's playing multiplayer. And I'm like, kid, you can't get that by me. I know multiplayer doesn't do levels in first-person shooters. What are you talking about? Yeah, but what you should be saying is, let me finish this match then. Yes, like, you can't just round. turn me off mid-match. That's yeah. You're going to lower my gamer score, Mom. <laughs> my ranking's going to be a blurry because you've... I'm going down to silver. What in the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, dear. So... Yeah, that's that's the the main setup of the movie. Uh, the criminals mm. want in the house because there's a vault in the basement with a painting that Malcolm McDowell feels belongs to him. It's worth a lot of money. He wants mm-hmm. to get it, so he's got a regular woman that he works with plus Crab Man that he hires as a safe cracker. That's uh, just his name for this review, isn't it? It's just yeah, Crab Man. It's Crab Man. Yeah, that's and fair. they are going to case the place out and so on and and still in a plot point from panic room they think they're going to an empty house but the family's already moved in so yep. uh, what's interesting is that early on structurally it sets up okay uh the 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 reason why they've moved here is that the mum got this new job this promotion to be the vice president of some company mm-hmm. and they get invited to a christmas party thrown by her new boss and i thought oh that's setting up the third act that's why he's going to be home alone somehow he's not going to be dragged to this thing and that's where everything's going to play out. And I thought at that point, 
oh, the movie's going to build up to the third act where they go to the party and he's going to know the criminals are coming and for whatever reason, he's not told them. So then he's going to set up his traps, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And then the movie immediately cuts to the mum getting ready to go out for the party. And I'm like, wait, 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 we're doing that already? We're half an hour in, movie. Calm down. Yeah. Calm down. <laughs> Look, we heard the complaints in the previous movie where you said he wasn't left home alone. In this movie, he's going to be left home alone immediately. Same way the first movies did it. Well, technically, he's home alone with his sister. Yeah, I don't think they quite understand what the words home alone mean. I think that got lost somewhere around the third well, movie. she's still a kid at least because she does turn to him and says, hey, we're home alone, we can do what we want. I'm sorry, <laughs> did you take that as a positive? Because they literally <laughs> wiggled their eyebrows as they were saying it. It's just like, hey, we're home alone. And then the music starts. Oh, dear. Um, is there anything else I want to say before just saying full and utter spoiler warning? Because no one cares about spoilers for Home Alone um, all day. East. Yeah, no, nah, I got nothing. It's, okay. It's, the, was... Hold on. There, there is one thing, and that okay. is the director of this movie, Peter Hewitt. Um, He had actually done quite a few movies that I have heard of, but n- like none of them are good good movies oh thunderpants yeah the movie about a farting kid there's also garfield the movie and the one that i think people might defend is the borrowers because i remember that airing a lot when i was a kid and i do have Mm. decent memories of it but if it's anything like this one i might be just nostalgia on that one yeah safe to say he's phoning this one in a bit though Uh, i think yep you know so uh, that said, it still looks better than the last one, so maybe mm-hmm. that's just because we're in a HD era now. But... Oh, yeah. Oh, he also did an episode of uh, Tales from the Crypt, and I know that you and Tim covered all of Tales from the Crypt back in the day. We did, So yes. I decided to look at what you said of his episode, and it was just immediately like, nah, this is still horrible. I hate this. So. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. All Seems right. like he's pretty par for the course on that. Yeah, I'm glad you actually checked because if you'd a- if you'd said the name of the episode and asked me, I'd be like, I don't remember that. We did seven yeah. seasons of that show. I don't remember what they were all called. It was season seven, episodes like three or four. Or something. Oh, all the season seven episodes sucked. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said that's why it's still crap. You were on about all of season seven. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll sort of say before we get into the spoilers is like the motivation to actually set the traps has been somewhat lousy in the mm. post-Kevin era, and I'm including Ford in that, even though he's technically Kevin. Yeah. Um, this one is equally just as guilty as that, where, like, there's no build-up to why he feels like he's pressured to defend the place himself. There is no reason why he doesn't phone the police. There's no reason why he doesn't seek help from anyone. He just yeah. never thinks to do that. <laughs> yeah. There's even a point where multiple characters are telling him, call the police, and his only reason as to why not is he looks at the single cell phone and says, oops, out of batteries, and then he just immediately goes on his way to set up all the traps. It's like, kid, you could charge that thing for three minutes, and you'd have enough to make a call. Yeah, you're in the house where the charger is. It's not yeah. It's not like you're in some remote destination here. Like, it, uh... Anywho, so, spoilers for Home Alone Holiday Heist, you have been warned, not that you care. I know you don't care, but we're warning you anyway, because that's the format of the show. Mm-hmm. So the family is moving to Maine. It's a Stephen King story, it's right a off Stephen the bat. King story. And they get to the house, the parents are excited about all the snow, the kids are miserable. 
like the sister starts saying oh the house is probably haunted and she's intentionally trying to like rile up her little brother and he mm-hmm. immediately starts like hearing noises he's getting scared he's not happy and one of the things that it does early on is show us that he is trap minded is that he says a trap for a ghost when he goes to bed because he's scared yeah <laughs> and the dad comes in to check on him and triggers the trap and gets zapped by a taser <laughs> yeah so just as a little bit he is told hey you know no more video games go out and talk to a kid that's living across the street and the kid oh, yes. across the street throws in the backstory of the house where apparently it belonged to this bootlegger back in the day and he died in there and his ghost still haunts the house and he believes that you know he comes back in he goes to bed he believes the ghost is there so he tells his parents hey there's a ghost in the house they tell him go back to bed and he's like all right but if i gotta go back to bed i'm setting traps (laughs) and we just see him do that for like 30 minutes before he goes to sleep for two hours 30 minutes in his time, not movie time, just to be clear. No. Yeah. There's a clock in the background they specifically keep yeah. an eye on. Um, so, yeah, and the kid across the street is a recurring character, and this kid loves snow. Loves yes. making snowballs, loves making snow forts, snowmen, snow cones, yeah. snow everything, snowmad. That, that was one of the few little early... I wouldn't say laughs, but at least chuckles I got was uh, Finn asks, hey, is there anything that we can do that's not related to snow? He says, oh, yeah, we could make snow cones. Wait. And it's just that tiny little wait at the end that got me a little bit. There was one scene that got me to laugh a bit, and I'll t- I'll point it out when we get there. I think I know which one it is, because that's the one that actually got a laugh out of me, like a real laugh. Is it a phone call? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, okay, we'll, we'll get there. Yep. Uh, so... It- yeah, okay, so he's scared of ghosts, blah, 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 and the story specifically is that this bootlegger had a, a peg leg or something like that, and mm-hmm. you could hear the sound of it dragging, and he thinks he hears it as a branch. But this is important, because the first time the criminals are going to come to the house, Malcolm McDowell, when he's leaving, is going to hurt his leg because he walks into like the snow... Blower. Is that what, it, is that what it's called, a snowblower? Yeah, we call it a snowblower. Yeah. I don't know what you guys have. We don't have them. I don't know. <laughs> People don't have snowblowers. How do you clear your driveways? With, with like a shovel or something. I don't know. What kind of backwards age are you living in up there, man? Jesus. It snows like twice a year. It's, it's not an ongoing concern. Do, do you know what fair. happens here when it snows? Everyone hmm. doesn't go anywhere. We have a snow day. That's what well, happens that's, when it snows. That's why Scotland's economy doesn't nearly rival America's. <laughs> oh yeah, it's not because there's only like 6 million people versus 300 million or whatever the number is. Sounds to me like you need to pull up some bootstraps. Uh-huh. Yeah, alright. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you over the sound of my free healthcare. Uh, so... Well, that's fine because I can't speak anymore because of my dead teeth. <laughs> Anyway, uh, <laughs> what was it? Anyway, yeah. So Malcolm Adele hurts his leg, and he gets like a a cast, but he's got a cast with, a, and this is specifically so it'll make the noise. He's got mm-hmm. like a metal brace around the cast, so that when he's walking and dragging his foot, you get kind of that metal kind of scraping noise. Yeah, and it's like okay. So, and the reason for that is that when they're casing the house out later at one point, 
he hears this sound and, th- and you know, so the kid thinks it's the ghost. So if he, he goes a portion of the movie thinks it's a ghost and they keep this sort of joke going by switching it to the criminals where not Malcolm McDowell so much, although he does kind of for one scene, but the yeah. other two for the first few traps think the house is doing it on its own, that the ghost is is attacking them instead. So yeah. I, I, just, I want to get that out of the way now because, you know, it's, it's, of... it's like as much as you're saying it here, the audience has to be underestimating how much dialogue of this movie is the word ghost. <laughs> like it is constant for the first two acts. It never lets up. Yeah. And I th- I genuinely thought for a while that the trap portion of the movie was going to get all the way to the very end with them being convinced. Like the idea is that almost like Batman over the course mm. of the trap segment, he was going to convince them that the, the impossible is real and they were all going to be terrified by the end. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. That's not what happens though. Like no. After a couple of traps, they just realize it's a kid and then the movie just goes on about its business. I will say mm. that's the, the minorest of like, just because the last movie and the third one as well, to an extent, but especially the last movie got this so like wrong. I at least think that when they, criminals are trying to break into the house at the start of the trap section it does feel like a home alone movie for a couple of minutes where it's like Mm. oh one's getting the window one's trying this door whatever you know it feels a (sighs) bit more akin to what it's supposed to feel like whereas four didn't even try to feel like a home alone movie at any point yeah i agree that it gets it closer to what it should feel like however it also is by far the most referential movie in talking about the first two because every once in a while they'll like like he ices down the front doorway and they specifically look at it and say ha as if we'd be caught in yeah. front of that like some two-bit bandits yeah i mean i, I kind of appreciate that a little bit though it looks like, okay they're going to play with the idea that the criminals actually spot some of the traps and then don't fall for them although i mm-hmm. thought it was going to come back to get them later instead we actually get kind of an okay little joke where when the police eventually show up the police slip on it which is yeah mildly amusing you know well there's there's one other trap later on where it does the traditional like beads or marbles or whatever all over the floor and it's obvious the way that they want you to go with it, but then it turns out to actually be a different type yeah, of well, trap. We'll talk about the, tra- the traps properly right. later, because that, that, that one's very convoluted. It is, but I think that every once in a while they do a good job of setting up your expectations of what the trap's going to be and then pivoting over to something else. Yeah. The problem is, though, is that whatever it pivots to is so far-fetched that this kid yes. could think of this or like set this up, whereas the traps in the first two... Well, I'm not saying I believe a kid could pull all this off. It, there was, like, enough suspension of disbelief to make it work. Mm-hmm. The traps in this, and this went for the third movie as well, are just so, like, works of engineering, like, genius. <laughs> that, yeah. You know, there's no, no way. Anyway, so, it was set up that he's scared, and when the family go out to get a Christmas tree on their first full day, right? They've moved in day one, day two, they go and get a Christmas tree. This is when the criminals sneak in, they're being stealthy, and they set up something for later because Crab Man can't help but steal a cookie, a gingerbread mm-hmm. cookie from the, the kitchen. And, you know, they, they get really upset at him for it. They go down to the vault. They're going to crack the safe, but it looks like nothing's in there. We find out later, mm-hmm. of course, there's a false back that actually leads to a whole hidden room that's got a bunch of booze and the painting and everything else. We'll get there when we get well, there, but I have I have major major issues with well, that. My big problem, actually, I think that's already happened. Actually, is the kid found it right? So Finn was mm-hmm. down there, 
and he's, he tries to climb the shelves and they're immediately moving as soon as he touches them. I'm like, kid, these yeah. are these are going. And, and so it turns out to be like a hidden door and the vaults behind this, the shelves that move. Mm-hmm. And all I could think was, what, the last family that lived here for potentially years never found this vault? Like, this I... kid found it within like five seconds of coming out of the basement. Yeah. My problem comes down much larger on the side of, yes, that should have been immediately found. The moment that, like, oh, you brush anything, they should have been like, huh, there's that's weird. There's a draft coming from behind this bookshelf. But my bigger problem comes from this false back of the vault, because this back area is not some tiny little crevice that only holds the painting. It is a full saloon. <laughs> they have made an entire bar back behind this thing with working electricity still and tons of extra stuff. And you're telling me that in the entire time, the hundred years almost since this would have been there, no one has ever thought, huh, that's weird. There's a huge amount of space under our house that is just unaccounted <laughs> for, honey. Yeah, the electricity I can kind of let go, just in the sense that it's probably just connected to the rest of the house. However, I'm not sure how long a bulb would last if you've not turned it on in, like, almost 100 years, but... I would imagine that at some point in the past 100 years, the electricity at the house would have to be updated to some extent, and all of a sudden you get 100 volts more than it's expecting, and it just explodes. Uh, Yeah, that's a fair point. Like, as far as plot holes go, I'll let this one slide, but it's yeah, yeah it's, it's a fair point um so the criminals you know they don't have enough time the family gets back so they have to sneak out malcolm adele hurts mm-hmm. his shin which didn't seem like an injury that required a cast but for the sake of given the, the whole sound of the leg being dragged they wanted to do yeah. it so he, he does it there was um there's this weird side plot where the female bandit is like really desperate to talk to her ex who was the previous safe cracker before crab man well she's not desperate to talk to i mean we find out she was later on but for the first half she's just really sad that she broke up with them like she gets upset mm. when they hire crab man and malcolm goes oh she had a personal relationship with the last safe cracker this is why you don't right. get involved with people you work with and she just she every so often she'll just go oh steve and she'll like cry well, a little bit during this first break-in, she calls his phone and leaves a voicemail saying, like, this is the house we should have lived in, but now we can't. <laughs> so, basically, after this, it cuts quite quickly to the, 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 the party night. However, there is one detail that I'm glad the sister kind of, like, stuck up for her brother for, because he was mm. so worried that a ghost was going to come out of the basement that he put tape on the door and the idea being if the tape is broken when they get back, then something's went through the door. And sure enough, because the criminals have been snooping around, this tape has been broken. And when yep. he points this out, the sister, quite rightly, who saw him do the tape thing before, says, actually, that's kind of creepy. Uh, that, that's not quite yeah. right. That's actually evidence of something going on. Uh, but uh, yeah. So I don't yeah. want to point and even, that out. Even, I will say the mom is very much the no-nonsense character in this whereas the dad is kind of more fun and he's the seems good to actually yeah he seems to give into his son's imagination more so than his mom does yeah so it cuts to the party night and the parents are getting ready to go out and the mother's freaking out because the daughter's not ready the son's mm-hmm. still playing video games and she gets so angry 
and they say, hey, why don't we just stay here? Do we have to go to the stripper party? She's like, you know what? Fine, yeah, you stay home. I don't care. I'll go to the party. And she leaves with the Xbox controller in her hand because she's like, no video games, no music, no mm-hmm. phones. And then the dad's like, oh no, maybe she should have a phone for emergencies. That feels yeah. like a silly idea. It's like, okay, fine, a phone, but just for emergencies. And it's like, okay. As far as the setup goes, like, I don't, I actually don't hate the idea of a Home Alone movie where it actually mostly takes place in one day. However, mm-hmm. one of the big problems with that is that it stretches the the believability of the time it takes to set up all the traps. Because I had a big problem right. with this. Because in the first movie, right, and in the second movie as well, is that Kevin knows what his deadline is. And he makes a decision earlier in the day or earlier in the night. You know, maybe it's a couple hours, whatever it is. But mm-hmm. he makes a decision and he knows when he has to be ready by it and he does it. In this movie, when the kid decides he's going to booby trap the house, which, again... He does for basically no reason other than, you know, deciding he's going to take them on himself. Yeah. He, he decides this not knowing when they're going to come back, and it's just very convenient that he has all this time to set up all these traps, which, by the way, include baking fake cookies, which take however long in the oven, as well yeah. as everything else he does. So, it, yeah, I just, it has a problem with that, especially since... Not only does he have to do all the, the, the trap setting up montage and not knowing how much time he has, mm. when the criminals first come, he turns on all the lights thinking it's a ghost and that scares them away because, like, shit, they were meant to be here. You know, they saw the, the invitation to the party, so they're, they're expecting the house to be empty. Yeah. And they disappear. In this time, Kevin goes to a hardware store on his own, Yeah, picks up well, we know, $2,000 worth of equipment, goes up to the till, and the guy says, that'll be $2,000, please, and he tries to write a check, and this man, quite rightly, says, uh, with no driver's license, I'm not accepting a check, and he's like, oh, well, uh, I got like a dollar and 20 cents or whatever. So he, yeah. he's, he's got enough for some string. He comes home with some string. So he makes this trip. He even bumps into one of the criminals. Malcolm McDowell's getting coffee and bumps into him on his way back well that's he specifically up until this point he's specifically like oh it's a ghost and my sister's locked in the basement which we'll get to yeah we'll get to but that. <laughs> he at this point in the movie when he bumps into malcolm mcdowell he sees his cast and he, all of a sudden that's when everything in the movie just shifts over and he realizes like oh he's not a ghost he's a thief and he overhears the full conversation with them straight up saying we're going to break into this house and steal this painting yeah. he, he 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 goes to the corner of the alleyway where they're, they're they're parked and he can somehow hear every single word they're saying which i'm not convinced he would be able to but he hears every single word and they map out their entire plan and that's yeah. when he goes back and he just sort of casually says to the kid across the street who's building snow stuff out in his yard because that's what he's doing the whole movie it's like mm-hmm. no i can't play right now I, I gotta go in there's some criminals coming coming to siege the house and i'm the only one i can do anything about it he's like oh that's cool bye see you later and yeah. like and that was that that was the moment when he said that to the neighbor kid i went what do you mean you're the only one who can stop it the the movie is not established it's not put you in a position where you feel you should feel like you're the only one who can stop this you, you have options here. I mean, you're literally talking to a neighbor right now. Ask him to go get his parents. Call the police from their house. Like, you have so many options at your disposal. Yes, I agree. However, there has always been 
that many options in these Home Alone movies. No, 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 Basically, Kevin didn't want to get caught. He wanted to be able to stay home alone. So mm. I think they did a good job reasoning-wise of setting that up. This one, yeah, there is no real backstory as to why he can't just call the police outside of, like we said, there's the lazy, oh, the phone's dead. And they just say that as if that's the end-all, be-all to it. But that's not so, even happens yet. That happens after this moment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm agreeing with you. I think that I, it is lazily set up. It, but... it, it just, uh, like, the first two movies, like, whatever the motivation might be, they both have a motivation why he, why he decides to start setting up traps, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he feels like he's in a corner and this is the option he has. Either that or run away and hide somewhere. And he chooses to be proactive and set up the traps. Here, he just kind of casually, that's just immediately what he jumps to. Even though, like, the, the chips aren't down yet. He's not put in a corner. And uh, anyway, anyway no. we have to go back a little bit because mm-hmm. he takes his sister down to this vault door. And no, 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 oh. no. You, you can't skip to that because it oh, is sorry. the stupidest goddamn reason as to why they're down at that vault door. I don't so, remember it. Go on, tell me. <laughs> so he's desperate to play video games. He's, like, jumping around on furniture oh! just to, like, mess with his sister. Yeah. And <laughs> they just clicked. It just clicked. And so eventually, as he's messing around with stuff and he's like tipping over boxes, he ends up finding an extra Xbox controller, which I'm just going to take a tangent here and say, you didn't remember you had a second controller. (laughs) Okay. But anyway, he finds a second one. He starts playing his uh, Xbox. And then all of a sudden flashes up on screen. The batteries are dead. Which, and by the like, way, that was not the Xbox UI. Not even close. Nothing in this game was the Xbox UI. Um, <laughs> but he's like, oh no, I need batteries. So he runs downstairs to the pantry or the cupboard or whatever. He finds two batteries. And as he's haphazardly putting them in, one flies out of his hand. And in slow motion, as it rolls towards the basement stairs, he goes, no! Until it finally goes through the basement door to where it's all creepy downstairs. And that's why he needs to lead his sister down there. But that scene of the battery slowly rolling its way towards the door was the stupidest thing in this movie. (sighs) Yeah, I forgot. I was going to critique this and say, why did it just plug the USB card in? But I actually, if I remember correctly, the 360 controllers you couldn't do that with. They didn't have that built into them. Regardless, this wasn't an Xbox. It was, no matter what they needed, it was always going to be batteries because that's what the plot requires. No, 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 but this is accurate to the Xbox controller at the time. Okay, yeah. I'm just saying, even if it was USB compatible, they still wouldn't have done it. No, no, but this is actually accurate. The the Xbox 360 controllers needed batteries, Mm -hmm. and unless you had to play in charge kit, you couldn't plug it into the controller. True. And that was sold separately, and he clearly did not. This, This was... This is the thing. They didn't use some third-party controller. He's just straight up using an Xbox 360 controller. So this all oddly tracks with what they actually were, from what I remember, anyway. So I, I get what you're saying, but the fact that they never called it an Xbox either means that it doesn't matter if they were accurate because they didn't care if it was an Xbox. Well, 
Most movies and shows never mention what console they're playing. You just have to notice this it. This kid cares so much more about video games than any other thing on the planet. You you telling me that if he had the rights to say, oh, yes, I got this new game expansion for my Xbox 360, he wouldn't say that? That's such a weird way to phrase that question. Everything he's ever said. I'm just saying this kid never once mentions but the yeah. game system. He mentions the game. Every sentence he said starts with, oh, in Robo Infantry 3 no, on the second level, no, you can do this David, thing. You're, you're mixing... Like, the fictional character in the meta-reality, you said if this kid had the rights to say Xbox 360, you don't think he'd have said them? Well, no, because if the actor had the rights, would he care? I don't know, maybe he doesn't give a shit about games, right? I would like to think if the actor was actually someone who played video games, he might point out how stupid some of the dialogue about video games sounds in this. I would hope so. But, uh, yeah, weird question. Look. I agree it's a stupid scene. I agree that it's a stupid reason to have to go down in mm-hmm. the basement. I, I was just saying that it tracks with what the controller is, that it needs batteries. Okay. That, that part right. actually does track. All right, that's fine. So that's they go down in the basement, they find the secret room, the sister kicks the fake wall out. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, ooh, what's all this? And they're, they're snooping around, they find the painting. However, when he runs out, she's like pulling the bottles of booze and one of them is like a, a, a trip wire to close the vault door which you know doesn't open from the inside so she's trapped in there and because she mentioned she was going to go to the mall and that's why she was going to help him get the battery so he'd keep his mouth shut and wouldn't tell the parents mm-hmm. he just thinks she's left for a little bit which to be honest i thought was going to be a longer thing than it was like he actually as soon as he gets back from the hardware store he basically hears her like through the vents and the, the bathroom and the, 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 she's, well, I, she's in there i think he hears her before doesn't he no, he does, but she, he thinks it's a ghost because it's just like a faint Oh, that's sound. right, yeah. But it's mm-hmm. after he's been back from the hardware store where he hears her proc... In the, in the bathroom, because there's a vent in there, he can hear her clearly, and he knows where she is. So, and this was the other thing that was weird about the sister stuff to me, is that she starts reading a book because she's bored. There's like a book in there. And I can't imagine what's in this book because she instantly goes from not knowing anything that's going on to being like, there's thieves coming for the painting. And I, I was like, wait, how, how did you get that from the book, exactly? Did, did Finn not tell her that? Because I know what was in the book, but I just want to clarify. Did Finn not tell her that thieves were coming for the painting? I thought I remember that. I, well, I think he did, but she didn't believe him, obviously. But she immediately, yeah. like, she, she's just reading the book, and her head snaps up, and she's like, there's thieves coming for the pin! It's down here, they're coming for it! And I'm like, wait, but do you even know that they're actually... Oh, yeah, I remember that scene yeah. now, because that felt so out of place, you're right. It was so sudden, like, it was such a yeah. sudden... Sw- like so so the book was actually a payoff to an earlier joke where um her, because her phone was quote unquote taken I away payoffs a bit of a yes, strong word i would say but go on uh her mom calls from the party and says hey what are you up to and she says you know reading a fashion magazine sure it's not war and peace but it's something and then down in the room she actually finds a copy of war and peace and starts reading it. And the whole joke is that she's actually really into it after a few pages. So, mm. yeah. but well, don't tiss. Well, yeah, but there's also, she has a false start. She reads like a couple of lines and shuts it and goes, nah, lame. And, yeah. then you, and it cuts back to her and she's like a few pages in and she's like, she's glued. She's glued to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. We've put it off long enough. We have to talk about <sighs> the, the gamer, the online gamer. Because uh, right. it reveals like halfway through the movie, 
we find out that the online gamer that he always plays with is this, you know, college-age dude who lives on yep. his own and plays video games, right? Mm-hmm. And they start talking with voice chat, and it's the first time they've ever talked with voice chat because the guy's like, "Wait a minute, what age are you?" <laughs> and he's like, "I'm 10. Oh, I wouldn't oppose you so hard if you, if you, if you, were, if I knew you were ten. Yeah. Uh, but they talk a little bit, and it's all just whatever, right? But so the first conversation I think is where it comes up that this guy can't afford to visit his family for Christmas, so he's just staying on his own. So that sets up that, yeah. right? We'll and they, come- they specifically have been basically like I. I get the message they're going for, and I get they're going for a feel-good thing, but this is, like, an awful message. Objectively, this is just a bad message, where he's basically saying, if you can't be with your family at Christmas, doesn't count. It's not real <laughs> Christmas. You've got to be with family. Yeah. But the next time they talk, right, which is after... Ke- I, I, I won't say Kevin again. Uh, after, Finn has set up traps, or he's about to set up the traps, and he talks to him again, and he's like, hey, I need advice. Like, I'm doing this thing where I'm protecting the house with burg- from burglars. And the guy thinks it's a video game. And he's like, oh, it's like a tower defense game. And he starts right. giving him all this advice about, oh, look for choke points, look for your weaknesses. You know, you got to, like, you know, space out your traps, make sure they happen sort of one after the other. You can't be all just one one time kind of thing. Yep. And I thought, wait, is he going to keep getting advice from this guy because he thinks it's a video game? But then it, it progresses so quickly where the next time he talks to him, he's like, hey, Kid, I was searching for this game because it sounded really cool because you had no guns you were using, like, string and stuff, but I can't find it online. He's like, oh, it's not a game. It's my actual house. And he's like, wait, there's crooks breaking into your house and you're trying to defend it? Dude, yeah. like, what's your name and where do you live? I need to call the police of your parents or something. And he's like, nah, you're a stranger. I'm not supposed to tell strangers who I am. Stranger danger, bye, click. And he's like, dude, there's people breaking into your house. I'm like, your lifeline here. Come on. So... Yeah. It does lead to the one funny scene, which, it, you know, this is quite late on because the, the parents are actually trapped at the party for a while because the snowstorms, like, close the mm-hmm. road. So it's, like, extending how long they're away. But they eventually get on the road again. And it's when they're in the car where this guy turns out he's also a hacker, right? This gamer. And he's <laughs> hacked into the Xbox account and looked at the credit card details that are connected to it so he could get the phone number of Finn's parents. So he phones Finn's mom's phone. Real, real quick. Yes. I hate the setup to this scene. The fact that like, oh, no, I hacked the gamer tag and got the credit card info, which gave you the phone call. I hate the setup. Yes. But I, I love the payoff. Oh, yeah. It's great. So the joke of this scene, and it actually gets quite funny, if I'm honest, mm-hmm. is that he is trying to say, hey, your your son's in danger. I know your son. And she's like, how do you know my son? It's like, I know your son. He's in danger, right? I know your son. We met online. Excuse me? <laughs> and, then, and then he met, and I think it's what he says, yeah, and your daughter's trapped in the basement. Because at this point, she think, the mom thinks that he's kidnapped her son. And then when yeah. he says, and your daughter's trapped in the basement, she's like, what? And then the mom gets really aggressive and says, I will end you. I'll be honest that I will end you and the the dad freaking out because the dad doesn't hear the the conversation he just hears what the mum's saying so every Mm -hmm. so often she'll say something like wait what have you done with my son he's like what he's just driving the car he's like I'm like you know what this scene's actually kind of funny I'm not gonna lie it's actually a kind of funny scene I think it works so well just because of the earnestness of the gamer guy 
Like he he's is trying to help. Yeah, he's trying yeah. to do he's, the right he, thing. Not only does it go into it, but like every single time, he it's not like he's just bumbling his way through this conversation and he doesn't realize how it sounds the whole time. Every single time he says something, he's like, okay, that came out wrong. Let's try again. Hi, your daughter's locked in the basement. And then... <laughs> It just keeps going from there, and, and I, get, I love it. He gives them our names, so we'll, so when the phone call ends, obviously they mm-hmm. call the police and tell them about this guy, yeah. and they get to his place shockingly quick and pepper spray him, uh, and then... Full SWAT team just busts down his door. And uh, this is very contrived, but Finn has got a camera hooked up to his console, apparently, which mm-hmm. is broadcasting a live feed to this guy of his basement. Okay. I think this was more of the hacker stuff. I don't think that he is live okay. broadcasting to this guy. I think he's hacked into like the home network or whatever to show this. Okay. All right. Nothing in the movie tells me that, but I just think that because it's mm. either it's either that or like you said Finn has to make the conscious choice to stream his basement cam to this one guy for some reason, which doesn't seem likely. Which, by the way, Finn, at one point you see, he's got, like, two TVs and some computer monitors hooked up, and they've all got different cameras on them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. where did you get all these cameras? Like, have you just got, like, four webcams all dotted about the house to act as security cameras all of a sudden? I kind of have that same sort of thing in my own world, so I'll just, yeah. <laughs> yes, but did you when you were 10? God, I would have, though. Can you imagine? <laughs> that would have been so awesome. <laughs> Oh dear. So the the rest of the stuff with him is basically just that the the SWAT team are sitting with him watching this unfold and like mm-hmm. cheering on the kids when they get one up on the bad guys. Like that's this yeah. entire thing. It's also worth noting that they're nowhere close. It's not like the police are just sitting when oh, they should a, be yeah, going to their house. It's a different yeah. city, yeah. It's just it's somewhere else. It's like San Francisco or something. Yeah, so th- that's that. Uh just to wrap up his thing, at the very end, because they've got some reward money. Uh, the mum, probably feeling a little guilty, she threatened to kill him, is like, hey, we heard you couldn't afford to go back to your family for Christmas, so we're going to buy you a plane ticket. And it's like, oh, isn't that sweet? So yeah. that that's the, the Gamer Guy's plot. Honestly, out of all the plots, his was my favorite. It didn't take up a lot of the movie, but at least it was, like, fun the whole way through. It didn't feel contrived or, like, this character well... felt like a real character, you know? I won't say it always felt that way. I do think when like the kid starts asking for advice on how to defend a house and he starts like giving him all this tips based on like tower defense games, like mm. using knowledge from video games to inform all the traps setting up to me felt like a sort of like, oh, we're going to use video games because that's like a modern thing now. And that, that felt like a bit cutesy to me. I don't know. I wasn't as into that. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I, I guess I put that more on Finn than I put that on him on the, whatever the gamer's character is. And again, I'm not even sure if this guy has a name. I'm sure he does, but I have no idea what it is. Um, oh, there it is. Simon. His name is Simon. Um, oh, I think good. Simon, I, I feel like Simon's character, like Finn, we've already said is too old slash young, depending on whichever way you want to look at it. He doesn't feel right. All of the uh, bandits, all the thieves, they feel just poorly written the whole way through. Personally, I don't think that they really do a whole lot to do there. The rest of the family is just whatever. I think that Simon is the one character that, like, they wanted to write a mid-20s gamer in the early 2010s. And I think they nailed that. That's the only time I think they really hit what they were supposed to do. I don't know. Not enough racism. 
Oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> you kidding me? As soon as he flipped on voice chat, Finn should have been scarred for life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the criminals, I get... Like, they all have the smallest bit of character, right? Mm. Crab Man likes to eat. <laughs> and he's an idiot. He's an idiot. Uh, the, the the woman is heartbroken over her ex-boyfriend. And, and he's, she's an idiot. And Malcolm McDowell is the leader and wants his pain. And that's yep. their, their characteristics, basically. Uh, which mm. I guess leads us to the traps. It leads us to the actual hijinks of, of it being a Home Alone yes. movie. So, mm-hmm. so nice to talk about them after last movie's nothing. Yes. Uh, you know, like we said, because it, it does kind of feel like he's setting up some of the same classic traps. So it does it is nice that it subverts them a little bit. Although, mm-hmm. like I said, so... He puts all these like beads from the like, the tree decorations like in the the garage floor, right? Yeah. And you're like, okay, things they can slip on, that's fine. But it ends up in a lot more elaborate than that. So mm-hmm. when they go to lift up the garage door, there's a string that releases a, a thing and whatever, and it turns on the snowblower, and the snowblower is sucking in the the beads, the balls, and firing them back out, and. By this point, Crabman snuck inside and is getting mm. pelted with them. So much so that in the outside of the garage, you can see all these little dents making yeah. like a, a man-shaped sort of like space in the, 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 the door, which mm. annoyed me, one, because it's really silly, but also because they didn't even try to make the shape look a similar size to him. It's just this really chunky-looking, like vaguely man-shaped <laughs> thing yes did you look at that special effect though of the balls being fired at him <laughs> yeah like, did you really look at it that is the worst special effect i've ever seen post like 2000 <laughs> they didn't even att- it's it's he's supposed to be standing there being pelted with these balls and they're supposed to be hitting the wall behind him and it's so obviously just overlaid on top without any care of depth or how they're supposed to be bouncing off because it looks like everything that's bouncing against the wall travels just as far as the thing that hit him. And then on top of it, he had zero direction because he was just standing there going like, uh, 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 uh. Meanwhile, like 70 of them have hit him in the face in that time. Yeah. He should probably uh, be dead. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's just in the tradition of Home Alone. True, How true. many of these traps would he probably dead? But yeah, that's one so convoluted though, this idea that the snowblower would like fire them out this way so effectively. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's all triggered with strings to just sort of like activate and then it'll go through them and fire them. It's like, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of contrivance uh, here. One of the big things I complained about in the last couple of movies, uh, well, three, because four basically had no traps, was mm-hmm. that some of the like setup for the traps was very convoluted and like the things that the criminals had to interact with. It's fine when it's like, okay, open a window which has got a trap connected to it. That makes sense because they're going to try and get into the, the place. But mm. at one point, like, Malcolm McDowell just grabs, like, a random object that's, like, on the the chest of drawers or something like that, and it ha- yeah. happens to have a, a string on it that triggers a trap. And I'm like, there was no expectation that he would grab this thing. Like, why would he? Yeah. It's such a stroke of luck that he did. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. There's There's a few things that I think they did decently in terms of setting up. For instance, they explicitly say, because of that hardware scene that we talked about before, all he has in terms of like tools is this spool of string that he bought so every single one of these traps kind of involves that string 
pretty yeah. much the entire way through. And then other things that are just either Christmas associated or packing material yeah. associated. He, he's clearly getting a snowboard for Christmas because it's still wrapped, but he uses it as a seesaw mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to catapult some goo or something right. into Malcolm McDowell. Uh, and then the, the whole fake cookies that are nasty. Uh, yeah, I didn't actually see what he put into those cookies because it was part of like a three-minute montage and it lost my attention. Yeah. Did you happen to see that? I didn't see what he was putting in them. It was, just, it was very clear that he wasn't making real cookies, though. Right. Uh, but I did see that he put glue in what was meant to be milk so mm-hmm. that, you know, when Crab Man eats the... And to be fair, I at least understand this one because he knows that when they broke in earlier, one of them stole some cookies he noticed that earlier on mm-hmm. in the movie so i understand he has an expectation that they might try and eat some cookies or at least one of them will yeah so you know that, that one's set up at least they also do this weird thing where the female bandit and crab man they're both put through very specific traps such that they are made to look up like santa claus and rudolph respectively oh yeah she gets Punched in the nose with a trap mm-hmm. that's set up at a window, uh, which gives her a red nose. Yep. And then, yeah, because he has glue all over his mouth, and he, it, it's, it, the, the, the sink's rigged to fire up like, uh, like cotton, like cotton balls. Yeah, like yeah. cotton wool or something. So he ends up like a fake beard. And I'm like, okay, I get what you're doing here, but I'm not sure how this really slows him down. Like, it annoys him, right. but I'm not sure what it's doing here. So fair which to yeah. be fair there is one trap in the first movie i have that same opinion of when, when uh it's uh harry gets hit with the feathers like that's the mm, one trap yeah. in the first movie where i'm like what did that accomplish other than just pissing him off <laughs> yeah i was gonna say there's something to be said about humiliation to the point of getting them to leave but yeah. these are some of the first things that they do to these guys and it doesn't really feel like it's that big of a thing there is one trap if you can even call it that that seemed kind of out of place in this movie for me which is the female bandit gets stuck in a window for an extended period of time and the other two come up and try to free her and finn up from his room uses his slingshot because he has a slingshot to fire pellets at her ass and convince her that the other two are basically smacking her ass as they're trying to pull her out yeah, and, she, she and says, so she kicks them in the groin and she says shame on you as if yeah. she's like yeah you pervy pair of bastards like right that seemed just really strange and out of place for me but yeah it's also not very convincing like i mean i i, I would imagine you could tell the difference between someone slapping your ass and like a pellet firing at it at, you know high I, speed i mean I, i've had one of those things and I will say I played paintball, so that should tell you exactly which one I've had. <laughs> no one's ever smacked your ass. That's all these. I years. have. I have deep seated fears regarded to that. Okay, and all right. Get them. Get them all dealt with in therapy, but not today. Okay. Okay. Uh, not that I'm saying I get my ass smacked on a regular occasion, but it's happened once yeah. or twice. <laughs> so, anyway. so when you're taking the bus, just standing up and you're like, "Oh, hey, what's going on?" Um. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I'm trying to think of any more traps I even want to talk about. I mean, I guess the only one that's really sticking out to me is when Malcolm Adele ends up in his bedroom and mm-hmm. he's got it rigged so that the TV's all play some weird David Lynch-esque, like, 
like abstract face stuff and the lights are like flickering on and off and he's trying to convince Malcolm McDowell is a ghost this is before he realizes as a kid yeah and yeah there's not really much to it uh although it's just been really over like he's, he's literally got like a, a control board for the lights he's in like a closet in the next room and he's like yeah. just playing with them but i mean I'll, I'll give him that in that was it four or three that was messing with the computer stuff i think it was four wasn't it yeah i was the one with the door closed door open all that stuff no, no, no. I'm talking about the one where you did, like, voice modulation and stuff like that via the computer. Voice modulation. Like, he messed with, like, the pitch and tone of the voice via, like, a tape or something. I think it might have actually been three. It has, like, a really old-style computer, and he messed around with some yeah. voice stuff on there. Anyway, um, I'll give him credit, though, in that I like that they took this leap. They have the new technology of, like, webcams and stuff like that, and then... T- you know, microphone being able to like stream straight onto a computer. I like that they managed to take advantage of that. They brought in new technology for these traps rather than everything just being, here's a seesaw with goop on it over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also interesting smartphones, which they get around by just pretending it doesn't exist. Effectively. Yeah, you're grounded and you can't use it. Oh, okay. Guess I won't use it. Even if thieves are here. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, you know, he, he after this he runs away, but the the, the villains kind of trick him, and he gets mm-hmm. grabbed by Crabman. They put him in the car, and then they go back to get into the vault, and the woman's left to watch him. But luckily, his new friend across the street who loves snowballs has built his own little trap, which is he's Jerry rigged a bike to sort of like pick up snowballs and fire them in quick mm-hmm. succession. So. He starts firing snowballs at her, and for some reason, the last one he throws at her by hand is made of metal, because it just bonks off her head. I thought it was ice, but yeah. Yeah, that, that was stupid. But uh, <laughs> And then when we cut back to her, the ending for her is just that this kid is now building a snowman around her, so her head's just sticking out of a snowman, and she's begging for help. I'm, I'm going to throw this out here. This scene, the scene where he's building the snowman and she is just crying out for help this kid gave me like serious jigsaw vibes <laughs> like he is not okay mentally he yeah. loves snow a little too much by the way what was have we, we yeah we put out the bonus episode for like two months back snowman for fincher season uh-huh this kid is gonna be the serial killer <laughs> from snowman uh yeah um also worth mentioning, just before the snowball attack, she actually got a call from her ex who wanted to come mm-hmm. back to her. And then because she started yelling things at the kid who was throwing snowballs, the guy thought she was speaking to him and got pissed yeah. and said, I don't need this in my life and hung up. Yeah, she's basically like, oh, Steve, I just wanted to tell you. And then she gets hit and she's like, ah, beat it, you loser. <laughs> uh, I'm laughing at you saying that. I didn't laugh in the movie with that. <laughs> no, no, for sure. Uh, so yeah, basically the, the plan is, is that the sisters actually in on a plan here because they've got a little plan to trap the thieves. The thieves get into mm-hmm. the vault. She's holding the painting. And when she yells for the, you know, she's, she obviously they've put some string down the, the vent where they've been talking through and she's mm-hmm. rigged it to the, 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 the bottle of wine that will close the door. And she jumps out just in time as it's closing and they trap the two villains in the vault. So the woman's trapped in a snowman. The two men <laughs> are trapped in the hidden room and then yep. obviously the police and the parents show up and pretty much yep. it i mean the only thing to mention is they get they don't get a reward or a real reward 
for turning in this famous painting. They get mm-hmm. vouchers for the museum, but they do get thirty grand be- for turning in the criminals because there was they were wanted, apparently. Yeah. So well, it says at the beginning of the movie, it says they apparently broke into like the Bank of London and stuff like that as well. So clearly, they have some credentials towards actually being decent thieves. That must have been Steve that was uh, the mastermind yeah, yeah, of all that. Steve was one hundred percent behind all that. He knows when to bail. Based on all the shit I see in this movie, it has to have been Steve. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, though, it just kind of ends the same way that 3 did, actually, which is the mugshots of the villains. Mm. They basically well, repeat some from 3. It goes through the thing of they go through Christmas morning, everyone unwraps their gifts, and uh, Finn manages to get the, like we said, the expansion pack for his video game, but also a snowboard. And he looks between the two and he makes the choice to go outside and play with his real friend rather than his online oh, friends. Yeah his arc is complete i mean yeah i guess it's important from a writing like theory perspective but i just did not give a shit which is why i think i just glossed over it <laughs> i mean for me knowing how things were back in the early 2010s i just know that if he went to go update that game he would have been sitting there for two hours anyway while it was trying to download yeah. on christmas morning so mm. maybe he made the smart decision he started the download and then went outside to play with his friend for two hours yeah also that's a good point Games on 360, like, typically expansions would have been downloadable content. You didn't really get a lot of them on disc as a separate purchase. That's Even the parents understood that there's something special to just opening up that physical media as a gift rather than being handed a gift card with a download code. Well, times will change, I guess. (laughs) So there's (sighs) two things that are very linked that I wanted to bring up. Uh, during his little rampage after the parents go to the party, we actually get a recreation of the bathroom scene, quote unquote, from Home Alone. Oh, Long yeah, Long. where he does, he almost does the pose. He's about to do the scream and then just kind of yep. shrugs, like, eh. Yeah, he's like, eh, doesn't feel that bad. Like, he's <laughs> expecting it to make him his face burn. But, but yeah, basically, he's nope. saying Kevin McAllister was a pussy and yeah. he's a real man. <laughs> At the age of 10. <laughs> Um, But then counteracting that. So this whole time, this poster, uh, this painting that Malcolm McDowell's been after, he specifically said is by the painter Edvard Munch, which is more famously known for the painting of The Scream, which everyone knows is that impressionist painting where it's the Home Alone Mm. face. It's ah. So when the father at the end is saying, oh, it was a super famous painting. It was worth all this much. And he's explaining who Edvard Munch is. Him and his mom both do the Home Alone face. And the kids are like, ah, come on, don't do that. As if it's like not allowed or like they're they're ashamed of it by some extent. I didn't, I except from our meta reading of they didn't want to do that thing from the first movie. I can't, I don't know how to read that scene. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned the party that parents go to, other than being stuck there and that her yeah. boss is really drunk, is that he keeps mistaking the husband for mm. his dead butler. <laughs> yes. This is played by Ed Asner, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know his face. He, he's he's mm. one of those character actors who pops up in a lot of stuff. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, there's not really much else to say, to be honest. That's the whole thing. Yeah, no, the the only thing is that every once in a while he'll pop up and be like, oh yeah, good news everybody, we're only going to be trapped here for three or four more days. <laughs> and obviously the mom's like, excuse me, sir, screw that, I'm getting out of here. Yeah, so, yeah. 
Yeah, not a whole lot to it. It's honestly the parent subplot is by far just completely unimportant. They they make the concerted effort to want to get back home to their kids, but not because they realize that they left them home alone, because obviously that was intentional. It's just because they it party's well, done. They want to leave. Eventually they do get worried because they're not responding or they get you know, the phone's going mm. to voicemail, so they start to worry and they they're like, Oh, something must be wrong because they're not they're not answering. Uh yeah. And the husband's like, oh, they may just be in bed or something. I'm like, well, yeah. yeah, possibly, but you know. I, the mom did specifically say, like, but wouldn't they have said something? It's like, do they usually text good night to you before going? That seems weirder to me. Mm. Yeah. Uh, not much to say, but I, like, no. I feel like overall, like, it's very TV movie still. The motivation to actually do everything's not quite there, despite having mm. some okay actors as some of the criminals they still feel just kind of weak and lame uh the music's knockoff quality of the original home alone <sighs> like I-, I was actually vaguely interested in the idea that maybe this was going to be brother and sister working together kind of thing and mm-hmm. they, i guess they kind of technically did a little bit by the end but i thought mm-hmm. it was going to be like a pair of kids are home alone and they're going to like set up a bunch of traps and maybe that would lead to some different things like maybe because the sister's a little bit older she would think of I don't know, more nefarious things than what the, the little brother she would. She would use mom's taser. She would make <laughs> that really work. Yeah. I don't know, just something different. In the same way that I almost thought Four was going to do that thing where, oh no, he's going to have to do it with a house full of people who are ignoring him. And that's going mm-hmm. to be the gimmick here. And I, 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 maybe I was giving that in this movie too much credit for thinking, oh, maybe they've got a new gimmick to kind of spice it up. And they really don't. Like, yeah. It's just kind of I a mean- weak version of what was already there before. And that's kind of the problem here of they keep on wanting to straddle this line of they don't want to mess with the formula of what the original one was of single boy in a house and then there are thieves or bandits or super spies coming in. But they also keep wanting to do this half measure new thing where they're like, well, we can't do the exact same plot again. So we're going to mix it up with it being art thieves this time or whatever else and a problem that they've all had post two is that the stakes for the kid are never feel that high because he's never truly alone and the first Mm -hmm. movie he's left alone for days not knowing where his family is Mm -hmm. the second movie he's in new york fending for himself like there's stakes to it because it feels like he's in danger because he's truly alone but Mm -hmm. here like this was the same in three it's the same in four it's the same with this one none of them feel like He's actually got, like, a story for the whole movie. It just feels like he's goofing around until it's time to do the traps, and then it's, okay, now we're going to do the trap section, which is not going to be as good as the first two, because, of course, it's not. But, yeah. So it it, it fails in just about every level. This one just isn't as painfully annoying as the last one, and at least it has some traps, which is more Mm. than you can say for the last one. And it did have that one scene that was kind of funny. I'll give it that. It had one scene that amused me. Now, look, I don't want to be the kind of guy that blames everything on Ronald Reagan, but I am going to go ahead and blame this one thing on Ronald Reagan, which is, I think that that push to the idea of like, oh, you know, you can never leave your kids home alone for any reason, kind of made it so that in media over time, it made it so like, no, you can't, like, if we were to let a parent lose their kids to the extent that the original McAllisters did. Like, it would be unforgivable for some reason. 
we can't accept that it would be a thing of like no in them if you were to set something in 2012 and a mother just completely loses her kid getting those stakes up to the level that you were talking about in the first movies i don't think we'd be as forgiving as we would be for like 80s McAllister mom you know some movies just work better in certain t- eras than, yeah. than others it's just the, yeah and i don't think it's impossible though i'm not necessarily expecting home sweet home alone to to nail it don't get me wrong <laughs> but i don't think it's you necess- don't expect the disney plus original to just bat it out of the park i genuinely don't know if the disney plus movie is going to be better than the disney channel movie that we just watched i don't mm. know it's really that's tough fair. to say the kid that's in the next one though is an actor who i did like in jojo rabbit so okay. we have some hope the mom is uh ellie kemper who i enjoy in unbreakable kimmy schmidt so oh yeah sure more people probably know for the office first but yeah 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 okay okay um but we'll so, see we'll see how that goes but we have to rate this uh fifth home alone movie yes first. okay so I am basing my ratings entirely off of my memory of the last two movies. Actually, I'll hold on. One more thing. The yes. name Holiday Heist, they're all Holiday Heist. It's <laughs> it it's like calling I, I don't know, it's like saying Die Hard Six, there's terrorists. <laughs> yes, they've all had that. Anyway, Harry on. Potter, the one with magic. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh um i will actually say a trivia bit apparently the original working title was home alone colon alone in the dark which <laughs> has its own bag of trouble oh i'm actually made a home alone where the kid was blind oh see that would actually be like a decent horror movie <laughs> to some extent mm. um anyway so i'm basing my rating entirely off the previous two which i think that this one was leagues ahead of four because it actually had scenes that i enjoyed and honestly, when I'm remembering back to three, this one, I think, had a more at least believable storyline, through line to it. Like, I really hated the super spy stuff. I cannot overstate that. Yeah, that stuff but three was, was really a real bad. movie, though. It looked like a real movie. It, it had was. A... But, like, I, when it comes down to these, I'm not caring so much about, like, the, like, how much money was thrown in behind it. I'm caring more about how did I feel watching it? And I think that while I was watching three, I was a bit more like, okay, this is stupid more than I was with this one. If that makes sense. I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I think three is not good, but three Mm. still felt more like a proper movie to me, at least in in whatever standard that is. Whereas with Mm. this, the second it started, I'm like, this looks like a cheap TV movie. And it felt that way the entire time, you know, it just, it has that vibe to it. That's Um, fair. I mean, that being said, I'm still not, I'm not going to give this one any higher of a score than I did with three. So I'm going to just give this one a four. I think that seems about right to me. It's still below average. It's still not a good movie by any means. But I think that one subsequence with the Simon the Gamer, that was enough to at least get it above what I remember from Home Alone 3, in that there was at least something I can remember definitively enjoying so yeah i mean that scene is definitely funnier than anything in home alone 3 but i do think the general quality overall is is better in 3 yeah so i'm gonna give it a three i'm gonna split because i I gave three a four i gave four a two i'll split the difference and go three out of ten that feels right to me 
That's fair. It's nowhere close to the 8.5s of the original. <laughs> uh, and this is just a, a straight cut from the collection, at least, I'd, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. yeah, I'd say. I don't. I think that there is something that some people can enjoy from this, but I don't think that it's worth checking out by any means if you're not going through it for a very specific reason. I think if you're over the age of, the, of what Finn's supposed to be, you will mm. not enjoy this. I think if you're young enough, you might just get the dumb fun out of it. That's fair. Maybe yeah. you'll actually enjoy the him being scared of the potential ghost in the first half. Yeah, I feel like this only works if you're younger than Finn. Yeah. Even if you're at the age of his character, you'd be like, come on, kid, get it together. Yeah. Which, by the way, can I just say, a 10-year-old walking out on their own at night to go to a store in town, especially when they've just moved to a completely new state in town, like, mm -hmm. that felt far-fetched to me. This is small-town Maine. What has ever happened bad at a small town <laughs> in Maine? No, but, like... This kid is scared of every noise at night, oh, but, yeah. he, but he's okay like going out on his own to go shopping at the hardware store. Yeah, that's what I was going to say earlier before we brought up, when you were talking about that need to build traps and it didn't feel like it ever came from, I felt like his entire character switched the moment he talked to Simon the Gamer. Like he, Simon basically told him like, ah, yeah, you know, you shouldn't be scared. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he just wasn't for the entire rest of the movie. It didn't feel earned, but at least that's where I think the switch was supposed to go. It, he's like, Simon says, yes. F him up. Perfect. There you go. That's another, I'm telling you, man, that's the crossover. That's what we need to reinvigorate both franchises. But what's, what's, the, what's the other franchise? Okay, I'm going to be honest. I thought that you were quoting from, um, uh, what is, uh, I just had the name in my head, the Bruce Willis one that we always compare Die this Hard to. Die Hard with a Vengeance? Die Hard, that's it. Not uh, with a Vengeance. Well, so, or is that the one with Simon Says? That's the only one with Simon Says. I always mix them up. I always mix up because they, all the subtitles get out of order for me. And, and also, you know, Simon Says is not, like, it's in that movie because it was already a thing. Simon Says is a, just Oh, a, yeah, I know it's a yeah. thing. I just thought yeah. you were quoting that one. No. Because no. that's the only time I remember Simon Says being used in there. If it I wasn't, was just, it wasn't. I was just making a joke because his name was Simon. That, that was it. That was the... Okay, sorry, sorry. That was the I'm extent of it. I've only ever watched Die Hard with Vengeance once on TV, so I am sorely lacking out on anything it may have. All right, well, that's the show, everyone. That has mm -hmm. been Collector's Cut. We have one final Home Alone movie to sneak in just before Christmas, and that is Home Sweet Home Alone, which is the, the new movie from, I think, 2021 from mm -hmm. Disney+, Plus, and we will dive into that. And I expect it'll be better than 4 and 5, probably. Maybe better really? than 3, even. Okay. I mean, I expect better than 4, but I also expect, like, me stubbing my toe in the morning to I'll be better than I'll 4. I'll put it this way. If, it, if it's not better than at least 4 and 5, then something has went horribly wrong. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it, it, it's an issue where anything that was, like, straight to Disney Channel for the longest time, I associated with utter garbage. And I just have transferred that feeling over to straight to Disney Plus as the same level. Thinking about, I don't know if I've seen any Disney Plus original movies yet. I've obviously seen some of the shows. Mm. I'd have to think about that, but... Regardless, we'll find out next time, and you can support all the content by going over to patreon.com slash TV 
and get access to some of our bonus shows, the two that me and David do together. Uh, one, the, the starting tier is the Criterion Cut, where we review some of the best movies of all time, movies mm-hmm. from the Criterion Collection. And then at $5 and up, you get access to Extra Reels, which is the show where we w- watch and review some of the worst movies of all time. It is the polar opposite of the Criterion Cut. So they're kind of brother and sister shows in a lot of ways. Uh, and this month, for Christmas, we did a movie about a talking cat who fixes people's love lives. So, go and Sorry. watch that. <laughs> we recorded that one quite a while back, and um, I'm still not over it. I'm PTSD. still not okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so go check out uh, all that stuff if you want to. Uh, but, you've, you know, like this show on YouTube. It helps people find it if you do. Uh, five stars on, on your podcast app of choice when you review the show. All of these things do help. Uh, so any and all help is appreciated. So that'll do. But anyways, that's us. Thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies. And pff, there was no quotes in this. The, 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 the... <sighs> I literally pulled my quote from a throwaway line by the older daughter of I'd rather die. So <laughs> take what you can get. But uh, yeah, did, did, did stop hitting my ass. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Yeah.